And what is up, everybody? Welcome into today's edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. I hope you all are having wonderful Wednesdays so far. And what I'm going to be getting into today is something that I've sort of been neglecting to talk about for uh, no particular reason, honestly. It just hasn't come up on the show, but it will today, and that is the world of Major League Baseball, and specifically, I'm going to be talking about my favorite team, and I know it's a lot of a lot of you out there, I know that it is your favorite team as well, and I'm, I'm of course, talking about the current reigning and defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves. And so I'm going to be talking about everything that's been going on with the Braves this month. I'm going to be, uh, I'm also going to be sort of shedding some light on the last, uh, weekend series that the Braves played with the L.A. Dodgers, which is notable because, of course, Freddie it was Freddie Freeman's sort of homecoming to Atlanta, so to speak. So I'm going to be talking about that, and I'm going to be sort of reading from this very interesting article from uh, Buster Olney at ESPN about sort of the fallout from this week, this past weekend series as it relates to Freddie Freeman and his, uh, his agents, his representative, or, or I should say now his former agents and former representation. I'll get into that here in a little bit momentarily. But I'm also going to be giving a brief uh, MLB standings update as well. But let me go ahead and dive right into into the news about the Braves here. Uh, the, the Braves have been on an absolute tear here lately. Uh, and that is because after last night's... After last night's 5-3 win over the Phillies up in Philadelphia, uh, they, they are now 20-5 and in the month of June which is astonishing. And with the win over the Phillies, I, b- I believe I'm looking at the stand, I believe I'm looking at the most updated standings of the division races, and I know it's still kind of early to be talking about uh the standings as far as division races go and as far as pennant races go. 
I mean, we haven't we haven't even gotten to the All Star game yet, but uh, I guess I'm gonna go ahead and touch on that very briefly. Uh, with that win last night, the Bravos are now four games back from the New York Mets in the National League East. And it's really no surprise that the that the Mets are where are where they are, given all the money that they spent on guys this past off season. When you look at uh, guys like Max Scherzer and Francisco Lindor, but the Braves are. Having said that, the Braves are. Right on their heels. And I think that when you've won 20 games in the month of June, as the Braves have, uh, that should send a very clear message to the Mets that, hey, we're, we're the defending world champions and we are not going anywhere, anytime soon. But I think it's going to be a very compelling race in the NL East as the summer goes on, and especially when once we get past the All-Star break and get more into the fall when the playoff races really begin to take shape. But again, as I, as I mentioned, the Braves are 20 and five in June. Uh, some of their most notable leaders, I guess, as far as statistics go, have been uh, one of them has been Dansby Swanson, the shortstop. Uh, I'd say he's. Definitely the leader in the clubhouse offense in terms of offensive production. When he, when you look at his numbers, he's got a two ninety nine batting average, a three sixty one on base percentage, and a four ninety five slugging percentage. So, I guess you have to kind of have to tip your cap to Dansby. Another guy, another guy that's been a uh, sort of leading the leading the Braves on offense. Ironically, is the guy who uh, replaced Freddie Freeman in the lineup, and that is a uh, first baseman uh, Matt Olson. He's been hitting two fifty three with a. 350 on base percentage and a 481 slugging percentage. And I know that it's very hard to uh how shall I say this? It's very hard to 
I guess after 12 years, realize that uh, Freddie Freeman is no longer in the lineup for the Bravos. I know it's hard for me to realize that as, a, of course, a Braves fan as well, but Matt Olson has not done particularly bad. I mean, he, he was an all-star last year, and I'm going to dive a little bit more into his numbers. Uh, and this is from the, I'm pulling this from the MLB's website. Uh, he, Matt Olson so far has 72 hits. They include uh, 29 doubles. He has scored 31 runs. And he has 12 home runs and 42 RBIs, which is not particularly a, a bad set of numbers by any means. But having said that, uh, at least for brave for Braves fans in the back of their mind, uh, of course that they're thinking he he's no Freddie Freeman, and I get it. But even without Freddie, as hard as it is, him not being in the lineup anymore, I think the Braves will be uh, just fine offensively. Also, also, it's worth noting that last night, uh, Matt Olson got his uh, 13th career multi-home run game in the Braves' 5-3 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. And then, of course, Shifting gears from the offense uh, for a minute, everybody everybody knows that the pitching staff is nothing to play around with either. When you've got guys like a Max Freed, like a Kyle Wright, like a Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton, and I think the uh, the Braves pitching staff especially given a lot of the moves that they made. Uh, well, the one move in particular they, they made in the offseason, bringing in uh, Kenley Jansen. And I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get more into him a little bit mom, momentarily, but... When you look at the bullpen from last year, when you have guys like Tyler Matzik and Will Smith stepping up late in games, that really uh, can give you an edge in a lot of ball games. And when you, when at least when I look at the Braves uh, 
pitching staff, I'd, I'd say it's easily one of the best in baseball by far. But back to uh, Kenley Jansen. Un- unfortunately, uh, he, he has just been put on the injured list with a uh, irregular heartbeat, I believe. I'm not sure how much time he will be forced to miss, but when when Kenley Jansen does return to the clubhouse, I'm sure that he will be welcomed back with open arms. Uh, re- really quickly, I want to touch on Freddie Freeman again, and the sort of emotional return that he made to Atlanta this past weekend. And it was, of course, a big story and a big deal because the Braves are, of course, and I know I'm going to be brag. I know I'm sort of bragging about this again, but oh well. Uh, the Braves are the defending World Series champs, and when you are the defending World Series champs, one of the big deals that you come across the following season is, of course, the uh, ceremony of the rings. And, of course, during the uh, ring ceremony, uh, everybody gets their championship ring, obviously. And, uh, of course, Freddie Freeman uh, received his championship ring to a very raucous standing ovation and... I mean, Freddie, you could tell even before he walked out on the onto the field when the Braves sort of did a very emotional video tribute to Freddie's 12 years in Atlanta. Uh, I was actually watching the recap of that a few minutes ago, and they sort of had a a split screen of on one side was Freddie Freeman uh, being seen in the Dodgers dugout and on the other side was the video montage that was being played on the big video board at Truist Park. And it was as just as a fan, it was just sad to see that because of how emotional Freddie was. And obviously, in the uh, ring ceremony, he and Braves manager Brian Snedeker had to hug it out for a little while before Snet ended up 
giving Freddie uh, his ring, obviously. And they, sh- they shared some words and, uh, of, hap- of happiness, obviously. And it was just a really emotional experience for everyone involved. And obviously the fans were very emotional and into everything as well. But the reason why Freddie Freeman is now a Los Angeles Dodger is because, as many of you may remember, there was a big sort of dispute this offseason with uh, Freddie Freeman's contract. He was, he was a free agent, and of course, here in a little bit, I'm going to be reading from a story from uh, Buster Olney at ESPN, as I mentioned at the top of the show here, about sort of what went on behind the scenes with Freddie Freeman's contract and his now former agents at Excel Excel Sports Management is the name of the firm. But and I'm also get I'm also going to be getting into how after reading a little bit from that piece by Buster Olney, I've sort of come to the conclusion that Freddie didn't really want to leave Atlanta and how his agents were not, were not necessarily uh, acting as fiduciaries, which, of course, all agents are supposed to do. But the piece from Buster Olney that was published, I believe, yesterday says, quote, When Freddie Freeman left the Atlanta Braves and eventually landed with the Los Angeles Dodgers, there was shock within the industry because of Freeman's long history with the Braves. Now Freeman has fired the agency that represented him in the in his offseason negotiations, Excel Sports Management, according to multiple sources. Casey Close, who was the lead agent in Freeman's talks with the Braves and Dodgers, did not immediately respond for comment. Uh, In a statement to MLB.com, Freeman acknowledged his status with his agent is, quote, fluid, end of quote, but did not confirm the firing. And this this quote right here from Freddie Freeman really, really, as I mentioned, gives me the impression that Freddie did not really want to leave. 
And Freddie Freeman said, quote, Last weekend in Atlanta was a very emotional time for me and my family. I'm working through some issues with my longtime agents at Excel. My representation remains a fluid situation, and I will update if needed. End of quote. And the, the piece from Buster Olney goes on to say that Freeman, age 32, ret- returned to Atlanta for the first time since signing with the Dodgers last weekend and was outwardly emotional, intermittently weeping for, from the time he first met with reporters before the three-game series began to when he was given a standing ovation by Braves fans near the end of Sunday Night Baseball. And again, the the piece goes on to say that the Braves made a $135 million five-year offer that was still on the table in the first days after the owner's lockout ended. Of course, that's another uh, aspect that goes into this story as well, because for those of you who may not remember, uh, there, there was a work stoppage in Major League Baseball due to the owners and the players' union uh, sort of struggling to come up with a updated collective bargaining agreement. But, so that's a ni- nice little sidebar from the uh, Buster Olney piece here. Uh, the, the piece also goes on to say... Uh, as reported in March, Close, being Casey Close, the former agent, the lead negotiator for Excel, contacted Alex Anthopoulos, the head of baseball operations for the Braves, and presented two proposals on behalf of Freeman significantly higher than that $135 million offer, giving the, giving the team one hour to respond. The Braves bumped that, their offer to $140 million, not close to Close's proposals. Uh, when, when that de- when that deadline had passed, sources say Close and Anthopolis agreed that there were now no offers on the table. The Braves, believing that Cl- that Close's deadline meant that Freeman was about to conclude a deal with another team, likely the Dodgers, which is what ended up happening quickly pivoted to make a blockbuster deal 
for Oakland A's all-star Matt Olson and signed the 27-year-old Matt Olson to an eight-year, $168 million contract, which effectively ended any chance that Freeman would return. Uh, Freeman reached out to some of his former Braves teammates and expressed shock that his negotiations had played out as they had. Within a week, Freeman had signed with the Dodgers for six years and $162 million, although the deal contains $57 million in deferred salary. That deal, in the end, could be worth less than the total value of the Braves' offer, given the heavy deferrals and California state taxes. And on the other hand, uh, Buster Olney in this piece goes on to say that Freddie Freeman was initially critical of the Braves' handling of the negotiations. Subsequently, Freeman spoke with Anthopolis about what occurred during the talks and apparently made his peace with the organization. He, he wholly embraced the ceremonies last weekend, which included, of course, a ring presentation from his friend and former manager, Brian Snecker. And, of course, uh, it goes on to say that Snecker, who saw how emotional Freddie was, uh, urged him to relax, calm down, and so on and so forth. And this last little bit is another thing that I think is very interesting and sort of goes into the mind of Freddie Freeman a little bit more. Uh, Buster Olney says that friends of Freeman and the Braves organization believe that his weekend-long emotion was tied to some degree to lingering anger and sadness that his negotiations concluded with him playing with the team other than the club that initially drafted him, being the Braves, of course. Uh, Freeman was long considered the face of the Braves franchise, won an MVP award in 2020, and shared in the World Series championship last fall. So, just for me, when when I take all of that in, I've sort of... Come to, the, come to the conclusion that Freddie did not 
And again, and before I get into that, this is a very good insight by Buster Olney, I have to say. But my thoughts on this are that Freddie did not necessarily want to leave. I, I cannot say that I blame him too much for being angry and frustrated with the situation and of course who who knows what was going through the minds of his now now former agents I w- I would be more interested I would be interested in finding finding out about uh what went into the discussions with Freddie Freeman and Casey Close and Excel Sports a little bit more than I would uh, Freddie Freeman's discussion with the Braves and the Dodgers. But I cannot say that I really blame Freddie for feeling the way he did, but on the other hand, of course, I sort of get his his anger and his frustration as well. And I understand that although all that you've got to do what's best for your family obviously at the end of the day and as hard i feel like as hard as the decision was for him to leave uh obviously he felt that the and I say him, uh, it's more him working with his uh, former, now former representation uh, at, at the time. They felt that uh, moving on to the Dodgers was the right decision. But when you see how emotional he was, this past weekend, it kind of makes you wonder if, uh, and hindsight's 2020 at this point, and it's obviously too late to get out of his current contract, but kind of makes you wonder if he was having second thoughts about uh, leaving the Braves, but uh, again, I w- I would be more interested to find out what went into the discussions with uh, Freddie Freeman and Excel Sports, and if exactly 
Excel Sports were uh, truly operating on Freeman's behalf. Because, as we all know, uh, especially sports fans out there who are familiar with the business aspect of sports as well, uh, of course, you all know that agents have to act as fiduciaries, which means that you have to do what's in the best interest of your client more than anything else. That's your, that is your obligation as an agent. But I would be interested in uh, learning a little bit more about those conversations. And who, who knows, maybe uh, Buster Olney will have another piece on ESPN uh, later on this week having to deal with those discussions. But to re- sort of wrap that up, this segment up, uh, very emotional weekend for all involved with the Braves and Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers. And uh, obviously, as much as it pains me to no longer see Freddie Freeman in a Braves uniform and as much as it sickens me to uh, now have to see him in a Dodgers uniform, uh, I, of course, wish Freddie and his family nothing but the best. Now, uh, I guess I'm going to dive into these uh, standings very quickly. And... I guess I'm going to start off with the National League uh, and the NL East. Uh, As I mentioned, the Braves are four games back from the New York Mets for the uh, late top spot in the NL East. They are followed by the Phillies, Marlins, and Nationals, respectively. Kind of interesting that the Nationals are uh, bringing up the rear, so to speak, after uh, winning the the World Series a few years ago. Kind of makes you wonder what happened. Uh, But I will say, as as a Braves fan, uh, I'm not necessarily that disappointed about it as as far as the Nationals are concerned. Uh, in, the, in the NL Central, uh, the Brewers have a uh, half-game lead on the St. Louis Cardinals. I can, by the end of the year, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to sort of make a prediction... Uh, By the end of the year, I do see the Cardinals overtaking the Brewers for that top spot. 
Although the NL Central every every year has been very competitive, uh, that they are followed by the Pirates, Cubs, and Reds, respectively. And in the NL West, of course, you have the Los Angeles Dodgers in the top spot. They have a, they are currently enjoying a one-game lead over the San Diego Padres and a five-and-a-half-game lead over the San Francisco Giants, which who really gave the Dodgers, I mean, really gave the Dodgers a run for their money last year when they sort of came out of nowhere and uh, made a playoff run that nobody expected the Giants to make, but nevertheless, uh, they sort of, this year, they uh, sort of have some catching up to do when it comes to the Dodgers. Uh, Switching gears to the American League and the American League East, which is currently being led by the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees, are just cruising away to uh, a division title, frankly, because I'm going to go ahead and make yet another prediction. Uh, I, I, don't ex- I do not expect this to change as far as the Yankees cruising away to the AL East title is concerned. Uh, they are currently enjoying a 12-and-a-half game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays and a 13-game lead over the their arch-rivals, the Boston Red Sox. On the AL Central, uh, the Twins currently hold on to the top spot. They are enjoying a three-game lead over the Cleveland Guardians and a six-and-a-half game lead over the Chicago White Sox. And in the AL West, the going back to the theme of teams uh, cruising away with division leads on their way to division championships, uh, and the AL West race is a little bit different than the AL East race because the Houston Astros currently have the top spot, uh, followed by the Texas Rangers, who are 10 games behind, and the Los Angeles Angels, who are 11 and a half games behind. The, re- the reason why I say that the AL West race is different than that of the AL East is because I can see a team like the Angels 
sort of catching up down the stretch with a team like the Astros. Because of the talent of a guy like a Shohei Atani, and of course a guy like a Mike Trout. But the AL West race is going to be very interesting, and uh, I do not really see the AL East race being that interesting because the way the Yankees are playing, I just do not see anyone else in that division uh, getting close to the Bronx Bombers, as they're called. But I think they've just got a little too much talent for uh, anyone certainly in the AL East, and I guess the closest team to them in the whole American League as as of right now would be the Astros, but certainly I, I can see a team like the Angels possibly giving them a run for their money. Maybe the Twins out of the Central. But as of right now, the Yankees are sort of running away with the American League. And as far as my top teams in the National League go, Uh, The Mets are up there. The Braves are certainly up there. The Dodgers uh, are always up there. Uh, I I do not really see the Giants making another run like they did last year. And, of course, as I said about the NL Central being as competitive as it is, uh, you can't count out the Brewers or certainly the Cardinals either. But I will say that down the stretch, uh, Major League Baseball is going to be very interesting, as it always is. And I know that we've got quite a while to go until we get into September and October. But, of course, playoff baseball is something that I obviously look forward to every year. And going back to the main theme of the show with Freddie Freeman and the Braves and the Dodgers, uh, you can only wonder if the Braves and the Dodgers will meet again in the playoffs and 
certainly for the fans of either one of those teams, and both of those teams, I, sh- I should say, uh, they can only hope that they will meet each other again when a trip to the World Series is on the line. And with that, uh, I guess that I'm going to get out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning into today's edition of the Jim Bratton Sports Podcast. And I will see you soon.